Hello, lovelies, and welcome back to another episode of the Lovely Digest podcast. If you're new here, hi, my name is Emily. Welcome. Welcome to season two. This is officially the first episode, or I guess the second episode, because I did record one for last week. Um, and this is our first guest episode of the season. Today we have on Kate McKinnon, my very first marketing client. She is just, there's not enough good things that I could say about Kate. She is a wonderful, wonderful human being and has been a wonderful friend and mentor to me over the last few years. So I met Kate by watching her class at the Integrative Institute of Integrative Nutrition. I will always get that wrong. IIN for short. When I was becoming a health coach and learning how to take care of my body while struggling with navigating Crohn's disease in the first year of being diagnosed. So that was a very crazy time. And I knew that between the pandemic and Crohn's, it was time to start my own business and just to try it out and see how it went. And I had experience working with other people, but it was really my first leap of faith, my first time creating and really solidifying and saying, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to do this full time and I'm not going to just do it on the side anymore. So I listened to Kate's talk. She told me one of the things that you're going to hear in this video that has had so much influence on my life. And that is what did you go to bed thinking about when you're seven years old? And that's really what kickstarted my whole journey into doing this podcast and having that creative and lovely digest take form. So yeah, this podcast is just super special and near and dear to my heart. And I'm super grateful to be able to host Kate. It has been a long time coming of having just a real like sit down conversation with her. I've heard lots of podcasts that she's been on and as um, my client and my partner in her business for a while, just getting to know her and learn about feng shui and the power of feng shui. And I was even a little skeptical in the beginning, but I just knew. And we talk a lot about like the feelings you get and how feng shui just really teaches you to trust your inner knowledge and intuition. And it really just gave me this tool to be able to trust myself and feel the energy in my home and feel the energy in my environment and become my true authentic self as she talks a lot about in this recording. Uh, so yeah, she is just a wealth of knowledge and I am so grateful to her for sharing all of that with you guys here on the podcast. Um, yeah, she's had such an incredible impact on my life and in addition to that, she has done many amazing things. She has her own course with the Astro Twins. Many of you might be familiar with them, where she teaches about feng shui and they teach about astrology. And it's this beautiful merging of creative minds and intelligent minds on how to create an amazing home environment. She has also had her own TED Talk. She was VP at JP Morgan Chase. She has done amazing things in the world. She is a super intelligent person, smart person, but also has the creative and artistic side. So one of those truly rare people who can use both sides of their brain 
and has added a lot of value to this world and has a lot of wisdom to share. So without further ado, let's dive into the episode. I truly can't say enough things, good things about Kate. So you'll hear about mostly about the home environment, but we also kind of go into career a little bit and honey, money and health, which is the triad of what I think most people are interested in learning about. And yeah, we just get into it all. So again, without further ado, I'm going to let you listen to the episode. Please make sure to follow Kate on Instagram, on her website. She has amazing tips on her blog. All of that will be linked below. And yeah, without further ado, let's get right into it. Hello, hello, lovely people, and welcome to the Lovely Digest podcast. I'm your host and friend, Emily, sharing weekly wellness wisdom with you every Wednesday. My goal is to help you design your dream life and make the transition from being an information overload to being your own personal success story. Make sure to subscribe to get notifications every time a new episode comes out so you don't miss the latest simple and actionable tips for improving your well-being. Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm so happy you're here. Um, so just to dive in, I would like to invite you to share a little bit about you and I mean, I know about you, but just to share from your point of view, like how you got into feng shui and maybe just a little bit about what feng shui is. Okay. Um, well, first of all, I'm delighted to be here with you, Emily. You know, I adore you and uh, <laughs> uh, always happy to talk about feng shui and uh, sort of my path here is always uh, sort of, it, it was not by design. Uh, let's just put it that way. So just to go back a little bit. Um, so I have um, always, my background when I was very young, I was always an artist and uh, always like everything. I love, you know, crafts and textiles and, you know, rearranging furniture and, and all kinds of things. And when I, when it was time to go to college, I thought I wanted to be an interior designer. And my parents said no, that they wanted me to go get a liberal arts education and, you know, and I could keep art on the side, but, you know, have sort of a, what they call a real career at that time. And mm -hmm. uh, so when I went to school, I ended up becoming a psych major. And uh, I thought at that time that I, and I took art throughout college and, and I did silk screen and I did a lot of different things. And, um, and, you know, so it's a psych major and I thought maybe I'll be a Dean or maybe I'll be a psychiatrist. I didn't really know. And so when I, when I, um, I sort of was going to school in upstate New York and I ended up getting a job in, in New York city at Barnard college and the year. So I'm going to date myself a little bit here because uh, technology at that point is not what it is today at all. So what I saw were computers with a key punch cards, right? I said, no way. And it was, I, I, I will date myself. So I'm Stephen jobs age, right? So I would say how Stephen Jobs <laughs> career went in technology and, and Bill Gates, so did mine. I discovered I had this aptitude the first year I worked at Barnard 
uh, missions, they were automating the process of uh, freshman and transfer applications. And so they took me off the front desk where I was sitting as a receptionist. They put me in the, the operating system and I discovered I had this aptitude. I loved it. I created, you know, forms and all kinds of things. And so that that was the beginning of sort of the technology aspect of what my career became. But I was also in New York City and I was discovered commercial art. So I was always I only knew studio art. So um, I explored graphics. I applied to art school. Parsons accepted me, but it was undergraduate and, and I decided you know, I couldn't afford it. So I took courses in design, illustration and graphics and ended up starting my own graphics company. Mm-hmm. Um and so I did that and I decided, well, I'll support myself freelancing with this technology that I was using, which I did. And I was a temp and I uh, and I had my own business and I was entrepreneurial before they talked about people being entrepreneurial and having your own business and startups and all that stuff. And so in the course of doing that, I worked for a woman who, who as a temp and she recognized this technology talent and she hired me and she wanted me to develop products and develop, you know, all this stuff. Anyways, I ended up learning everything about technology there, where how to how to do feasibility studies, how to migrate products over. And long story short, she said, time for you to go work for a bank. Never thought I'd work for a bank in my life. And so this is a long story to say that my career took off in the technology uh, direction, but there was this part of me felt like I sold out in the artists in me. And so... In the right before the new millennium, I was working with a coach and I was feeling like there was something missing in my life, something artistic and creative and spiritual. And so my I had a coach at the time and she asked me this question. She said, when you were seven years old and going to sleep at night, what did you think about? Mm. I said, rearranging people's homes and buying furniture for my best friend's dollhouse. And she said, have you ever heard of feng shui? And that was in 1999, the end of 1999. And I had not. And I was just ready to go on a business trip to Hong Kong, like this huge business trip in Hong Kong. And she said, well, when you go there, see if they have a bus tour of uh, Hong Kong and maybe a feng shui bus tour. We'll turn out a bus tour and they talk about feng shui. And I got it. That's all I can say. Long story to say, not even in my, like, nowhere in my brain did that exist. And I went there and I really got it. And I just said, I came back in 2000. Where are they teaching it? There were a lot of people teaching it in the West at that point. Where are they teaching it? Um, I studied mm-hmm. with Professor Lin Yun and uh, got certified as a feng shui practitioner. And that was the beginning of my feng shui career. Wow. Kind of I, wild, think right? so <laughs> I think about that question because I know that you talked about that a little bit when I first heard about you and learned about you through IIN. And in your class, you talked about that asking yourself that question of, what do you think of, or what did you think about going to bed when you're seven years old? And I still think about that all the time and share that with my <laughs> friends. That's been like one of the most powerful things that I think you've taught me. It's just so special yeah. to think about that and to keep your inner child alive and you know what they dreamed about. <laughs> right. It's, somehow I knew, but I didn't know I knew until somebody asked me that question. And it was yeah. right there, right? That's what was so interesting. It was right there. Yes. Yeah, like you, that's like the fundamental 
question of, you know, what did you really think about? And then as you get older, you can develop the tools and learn about things like feng shui and, oh, maybe that's like the answer to my, my question and of like what I want to do with my yeah. life and where yeah. I have a lot of value. So tell us yeah. a little bit about like what feng shui is. And I know that, you know, it encompasses a lot of different things and it can be applied to everything. Um, so I think that it, it can be a super powerful tool. Yeah. Well, I, I always like to start with a definition. So feng shui uh, is the ancient Chinese art and science of placement and um, and how you arrange things in your space to create uh, uh, what we call life force energy or chi energy to create balance and uh, an balance and harmony in your space. And really what you're doing is you're balancing the energy in your space. And it literally means, uh, feng shui literally means wind, water. So I always say the two most basic elements of life are breath and water. We can't live without either. And um, it's been around 5,000 years. It was used to uh, place the early homes and farms. And really what I love about it, the idea is where is the best place to have sustainable life, right? Where's the best sun? Where's the best, um, you know, agriculture? Where, you know, basically food, light, water. And what people don't realize is also protection and safety. So the idea is, you know, where are you in a position where you feel security and, you know, many years ago, see the enemy coming, right? Like, so you have a vantage point. All those things are part of feng shui. And so I always say that it's about placement, but it's so much deeper than that because it, what, so taking from, you know, the history of it and how we use it today is that uh, feng shui is all about uh, who we are in our environment and the choices we make in mm -hmm. that environment. We don't realize how affected we are by where we live and, and the choices we make. But I would say that our homes are a map of who we are and, and our homes based on how we pull, pick things and select things tells us a lot about sort of who you are and that map of who you are. I have this great quote, um, Carl Jung, the, the Swiss psychologist, uh, says that our space is um, a symbolic mirror of who we are and our inner wishes and desires. So what we do as feng shui practitioners, people make choices about where they live, how they live. And if we look on the outside and say, it's out of balance or, you know, it needs to be adjusted. That adjustment on the outside reflects what somebody internally has made that choice. And as we're adjusting the external environment, we're actually adjusting people's internal environment. So, so the example I always give, you know, people, people, I, I always say people have an inner feng shui. They just don't know it. Again, it kind of goes back to what we first said is like listening to ourselves. And, um, you know, there are places where people won't go because it feels bad. That's all they know. But that's feng shui. And there are places they like to go because that feels good. That's feng shui, right? Mm -hmm. And if, if and, and, you know, so sometimes I'm like, when I watch these movies and I don't go in that dark, you know, like alleyway, it's only going to be bad. Like, what are you doing? Right. But it's like, we don't always listen to ourselves, but the truth of the matter is um, we do know on some very deep level. And so the other piece that I'm going to add to it is, Everything is made of energy, including us, 
right? Mm-hmm. So we, the world is made of energy. So when someone says, oh, that has a good vibe, right? That's energy, right? Or it doesn't have, but I mean, it's sort of cliche, but it's true. Like people will yeah. feel the, the, the vibration of the energy. Um, and so those are the kinds of things we look at when we work with people, sort of balancing those areas that don't feel good and then ha- bringing in more of the good stuff. I'm being very simplistic, but, you know, at a, a high level, that's really what feng shui is. Mm, yeah, I feel like a lot of people, when they think of, or if they don't really know what feng shui is, if, I mean, you hear someone talk about feng shui, the initial reaction is, oh, that's super woo-woo, but it's actually very scientific. There's a lot very of science scientific. behind it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I always say, you know, the math and science part of me, if, if, if I were to come back in another lifetime, I would want to be a quantum physicist, right? And what I re- and I and I've said that before. I even knew feng shui, and then when I learned feng shui, I said, "Well, so I may not be able to learn it like you know physicists do, but I can feel it, and I can feel the energy, and that's a lot of the work I do. I'm aware of it, and uh, and it is science. It absolutely is science." It has a whole whole practice and science to it that's very deep and old, but it's a science. Yeah, I know this is going to be a side note because I want to chat about homes, but I think when it comes to career, it's just impossible to be able to learn absolutely everything. And we just have to rely on other, everyone has their own job that they need to do in life. And I think it's important to, you know, not put pressure on ourselves. If we feel a certain way, we feel that for a reason, not to write that off or feel like we have to be validated by science or whatever it may be. Cause I mean, right. we can't do it all in one lifetime. <laughs> right. No, I love that. I think that's really a really beautiful thing. You know, again, we, you know, a lot of it is learning to trust our inner sense of things. And, mm. and allow that to guide us. So when I work with somebody, I ask a lot of questions and I listen and I gather a lot of info. I said, I'm like a computer. I, I ask, they, they seem very practical. Um, and the, some of them are really very practical, but in the process of asking people about areas of their life and, you know, you know, things about the physicalness of the space where they live and who lives there i'm gathering information and people don't realize they're giving me a lot of information about themselves in the process Mm -hmm. and so i listen to everything they say because it tells me a lot about them and then in the process of looking at their space i can mirror these things back and it becomes i would say feng shui is a great metaphor because in the environment i can point things out and say i'm going to give you an example like somebody some, a woman went through a divorce and she had this picture of uh, like uh, California, like I guess Los Angeles freeway. And I, and I asked her, I said, who, you know, it was kind of like, what is, it was like a random thing, but I said, who's, uh, I said, who gave this to you? She goes, well, my husband took it. No, it's her ex-husband. And I said, do you like it? She goes, not really. I said, well, <laughs> what does it say that you have this thing that looks like spaghetti? <laughs> <laughs> that your husband took and and you're not even married to him anymore. And she goes, oh my God, like it looks like not. I said, yeah, it's a reflection of probably their marriage, right? Like for whatever reason, she kept it and she didn't really like it. And she was so relieved to be given permission to let it go. I said, 
I'm just reflecting back what you told me about it. So that's that's just one small example of how we use feng shui. You know, a lot of information in people's faces they don't even know, and then we help them kind of see it a new way and adjust it so that it supports what they really want. Yes, what a gift to be able to give people to just trust their own inner wisdom, and that's really yeah. wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I like to say too, you know, this is after doing it for years and years and working with lots of different people, and lots of different uh, points of their life and their careers, relationships, families, whatever that um, it's, I would say, I, I, I would say, I think on my website, it's, it's, it's not about decorating. It's about transformation, right? Mm-hmm. And so in the process of going through this, do we create beautiful spaces? Absolutely. Someone coming in, does it feel good? Absolutely. But I feel, I've come to know this. I help people find their voice, right? Mm-hmm. I help them find their sort of, their, they become, I call it acupuncture of the soul. Like they they become aligned with their true self, which I think is what we are all looking for. That's if, if we're aligned with our true self, then we have a sense of peace. And I think that's really what we're all looking for. Right. But it's all related to what you're saying. It's like, you know, discovering that inner voice and trusting it. And so I just get to see it reflecting in people's environment and mirror it back. And so, um, and that's a gift. I mean, I, 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 I hear it, I am able to do it, but then I can see that point when people, that transformation happens and that's the gift for me that that's like, all right, my job's done. <laughs> but see them go on and do things that they weren't even doing. Right. So, <laughs> oh gosh. Right. So where would you start if someone called you in and it was just chaos and there was a lot going on or someone didn't know anything about feng shui and was just hiring you and where do where's the first place that you go or how do you begin well we look we have a way of looking at people's spaces so and and i you said something earlier i'm going to say that you know feng shui is we certainly look at homes right and and really i always say space is space is space is space so you know it, when I was learning, I sort of think of this in concentric circles. It's like who you are, you're in the center, and then you're, you could be in a room, and then the room is in a home, right? Then your home is on a lot. Your lot is in a neighborhood, right? And so it, it starts with you in that space, and then it extends out. So, um, and we're very affected by our environment. So it starts, of course, in the home. So when we use feng shui, we can talk about a space, right? We can talk about a room. We can even talk about your desk, and it would be a space. Um, mm-hmm. So it's the, the, you know, the room, the house, and out. So um, there, I would, what we call the three pillars of feng shui are, um, how energy enters your your space or your home, right? Some people have apartments in their apartment building, but I I always like to you know again another metaphor. It's called mouth of chi. So it's how energy enters the mouth of chi is how energy enters, and it's through the doorway. So we look and say, well, how is energy getting to your you know home, your doorway, and then in? So like the body, if there's blockage right like it affects our breath you know Mm -hmm. our life force energy so it's really important that 
energy can find your home, right? Like how well is it lit or is it dark? How well um, is it visible like uh, street numbers? I mean, one of the occupational hazards of my job is finding people's homes. And I'll, I can, I, I'll, by the time I get there, I'll tell you whether it's easy to find or not because I either get lost, <laughs> or not, which I have. Um, but then it's like how energy enters. So the first place we look is your entrance. How do you get into your home? Are there things, if you're in an apartment building, you have bikes in the hallway that are blocking, right? Mm. So this is a big thing. You know, I, I lived in New York for years and I go look in apartments and I walk in the door and everybody would have their baby carriages and bikes in the front hall. Uh, that's, you know, just the vision of that, right? Like how does energy get in without like what is stuff? It's like you need to clear the entryway, just like, you know, if you had something blocked in your throat, you need to clear the entryway. So so that's the first start. And then the, the, so we look at the entrance and then um, and this ties in with your world of health. Right. So feng shui is all about health. Right. It's really about health and well-being, creating a space to support you and um, and and reduce stress. So we look at things like blockage and clutter which is another piece that's another piece we look at like people's stuff right like they don't like to go to a room because it's it feels too cluttered or there's something in there they don't like um so there's that level of clutter but the the three well, it started with the three uh key areas are your entrance how energy enters your bedroom which is all about sleeping. So it's a bedroom. Mm. It's not a room with a bed in your office, a room with a bed and a trampoline. Or, you know, like it is your bedroom. <laughs> it's for sleeping and it's about rest, restoration, and intimacy. So, um, and this was particularly a challenge during COVID when people didn't necessarily have any place else to go, but, or, you know, they're in a studio and they have no place else to go, but a bedroom. But a bedroom is the ideals you have, you have your bed, right? Um, it's, it's pretty streamlined. Uh, no TV, right? Mm. We don't want to bring in electromagnetic energy. Um, this is hard in this day and age when people are wearing Apple watches and I'm, I'm guilty. By the way, I want to say, I'm guilty of a lot of these things, right? Like I had an Apple watch and it was like great for getting me up. I like the vibration and stuff, but it, and they say it's low electromagnetic energy and it's true, but it's still electromagnetic energy near your body when you're sleeping and it affects your sleep. It's like, um, so, you know, electric clocks, you want to have them as far away from possible. You really don't want your computer in there, but my husband will be like my feng shui police and goes, ah, you know, (laughs) got the computer in bed, not good. But, you know, sometimes it's like, oh, it feels like such a luxury, but those are the things that we want out of our space. And then the kitchen, which is all about how we fuel ourselves, how we energize ourselves. So uh, that's really important too. So I make sure we have a kitchen that's Everything works. Believe it or not, there are lots of kitchens where it just happened to me the other day with a client I had. I said, well, check to make sure all your knobs work. She goes, one knob doesn't work, but can we like put it on, pretend it doesn't work? I said, no. <laughs> you need to get it fixed, right? You know, you have an, uh, you know, um, you know, anything, you know, broken dishwasher or whatever. I don't use it because it's broken. Well, Needs mm. the, the appliances need to be working because that all represents something, right? But the stove is like the biggest, most important thing. And what I'm going to say is, 
and the entrance, the doorway, how you come in is important. In your bedroom, your bed is most important. When you think about like furniture and in your kitchen, your stove is most important because it's about fueling you, like fueling you by creating food that you eat that fuels you and supports you and allows you to go out and be in the world, right? Be healthy right. and well by the food you eat so that's kind of a very general sort of overview of the, the key things we look at in feng shui and then mm. you can get into some of the other things and, and clutter is a big piece too that's a that's a whole category in itself yeah. <laughs> yes Locked lots energy. of ways to break it down <laughs> i think yeah and just looking at things incrementally i like how you said that you are guilty of doing some of these things that maybe are no-nos or things that you're not supposed to but just the point is that you have it in mind and you're working towards this like level of where you feel comfortable, where you feel like you can feel the improvement and are right. not like if you're sleeping well and you're still wearing your Apple watch, then okay, you're sleeping well. So that's important. <laughs> but if it, there's a lot going on, you're like, okay, I'm not sleeping well, then maybe that's something that you try to take out. Right. Right. And that's a really great way of seeing it. I mean, we, the ideal is, and, and this is the thing, like whether, you know, you're doing it on your own. And I do have, you know, there, there are different, um, I have a, uh, as you know, I did a, a thing called Home Reset during COVID because I wanted to um, have an online, do-it-yourself online course, which covers a lot of like, it's design. One of the things that I do that I think is really important is I try to make this accessible. So the idea that it's woo-woo, it's not woo-woo. Like when you, when I work with people, they're amazed at how actually very practical it is and that they're actually tools and guidelines you can use to say, you know, people always say, well, where do you place your bed? You know, um, there are specific guidelines for that. You know, what do you do when um, you have a lot of stuff? You know, what do you, you know, yeah. um, where do you put your desk? If you only have one, I mean, so there, so I call it feng shui on the go. It's like, you know, there are guidelines. So no matter where you are, whether you're in your home and I, I do, I did a whole article as you want to know on this, like traveling, you know, I'll yes. go and rearrange, <laughs> been in Airbnbs where I've been for a month. I've had to rearrange things and throw out, by the way, no dead flowers, <laughs> no dead energy, <laughs> right? We want green energy. We want live energy, or at least something that like, you know, a plant that's, you know, artificial, but it looks like real plant, you know, we mm. want that live energy. So as you know, I've traveled where I will rearrange space hotels, I'll rearrange space as much as I can, if they don't feel balanced. So, mm. so functionally on the go, wherever you are, you, there are things you can be doing wherever you go. Right, right. Um, so when it comes to balance, what would you say like is important? Like the, how do you balance out a room? How, like, especially in a small space, cause I live in a small apartment. We both work from home. How could someone balance out a room easily yeah. if they don't have a lot of space? Um, so, you know, I'm sitting here thinking, uh, so I had a, uh, I lived in a really two room, studio for 25 years and and so it's part of its quantity right like its scale so if you don't have a 
big space. You don't have big furniture. And I think that's the first thing that people do is like they get like the biggest couch in the smallest room. So you, you really want like you can create the experience of a living room with a few pieces of furniture. These are some of the tips that I do, you know, and have things be modular, right? So, you know, you have guests over, you have chairs that work in the room, but they could be also somewhere else by a, a table or, you know, use them in your dining room, but they're like, you can bring them in and sit and then put them back in the dining room. Like, so you don't have to always have everything in one space. Um, I use Ottomans as a, um, you know, coffee table and I put a tray on an ottoman so you can put your feet up on it or you can use it as an actual table and bring the chairs around it. And, and mm. you know, not everybody wants a couch, but if you're going to have a couch and you have a small room, love seat works, right? It's, it's like, it doesn't have to be these big couches. It doesn't have to be this huge TV where you don't even have, I was somewhere where the TV was like hanging off the wall. This isn't a bed in uh, Airbnb. It was scary, right? Like I thought it was going to fall. But it was like they had like they didn't really have the space for it, but they had to have the, this big TV in their living room. They didn't even have the wall space for it. So you, you think about, uh, you know, when I work with people creative way, like so you have a TV that's not on the wall but sits on a tabletop. How do you do that? You know, but I, I think the key is if you have a small space, you have less furniture, right? And and less is more. This is going to be one of my key things. We we are consumers and we think we have to have so much. We really don't need to have so much. So it's like and then think about how you want to use the space. So like you say with you and your you know your partner, it's like, you know, do you need a desk there? Like can that desk be someplace where it can be used as a table and a desk, right? Um, and you sort of set it up when you're working and then you, or you have a, you don't have room for a desk, you use the dining room, but you set it up and work there, but then you take things off and you put it away for a while. Right. And I'm talking about small spaces right now, but that's part of what, uh, you know, people encounter is like, think about their space and what really is the right size for them. And, and less is more. I think it's one of my guidelines. And, and the modular, like, you know, you can repurpose things. Um, I'm a big fan of that. So, you know, yeah. so I have a house like that where I move things around. I like to move my furniture up. <laughs> I mean, they pretty much have a place, but then it's like, you know, I'm entertaining. I might repurpose some things and, you know, create a little different setting for more people than less people. Mm, yeah, I, I hope that helps. And move it around and just play yeah. around and see how it feels. And then I yeah. think it ties into, because you talk about the Bagua a lot and that how that's a tool that yeah. people can use. So would you recommend that maybe people like find a printable version and like play around with that? Or how would you tell people to approach that? Um, I think, so a couple things. Yeah, so the Bagua is the, it's the compass and it means eight areas. So it's like, if you're looking at the square Bagua, like there are nine areas of life or we talk about, and and so it, it fits on a compass, and in the center is health, right? So it's nine areas of life, and then the center is health, which is why we say it's so important. And so it's wealth and prosperity, it's fame and recognition, it's relationships, children and creativity, helpful people travel, career, spiritual cultivation, and family. And what I, what I would say is sometimes people get 
it, it's helpful that people can get hung up. So you're looking at it and saying um, the idea is that it's the, so for my school, the uh, BTB school of feng shui, they call it also the black hat. It's, it's not a true compass in that like north is your door. Your doorway is always going to be what's considered north. Okay. And then you lay the compass down on the the north side of the compass, which is your career, spiritual careers in the center, spiritual cultivation and helpful people and travel. And then everything else follows along that way. And the way you really use it is say, oh, um, I want to energize wealth and prosperity in this area. Like where is the wealth and prosperity area? It's the far left hand corner. And, um, you know, then we have suggestions for how do you bring in, say, a healthy plant in that area, right? Like it's, mm. it's, it talks about the element wood. Um, but your your whole room doesn't have to look exactly like have all those areas. You look and say, well, what do I want to bring in? Oh, this is in the family area. I want to maybe bring in some green. It could be green in the furniture, it could be green in plants, right? Like there's, you know, different ways of using it. So you can use it as a guide. But I think sometimes people then get really hung up or like, well, what if this room doesn't fit all these guidelines? What do I do now? And that's, that was part of why we created that, you know, I did it with the Astro Twins. I did it with Ophia do with the Astro Twins. And, you know, so that you learn the basic principles and then you have some flexibility around it. And I think that's, that's the beauty of it. So um, I'm trying to think where I have it online that, you know, sort of talks about how to use the Bhagwan different areas and stuff like that. Um, but that's, that's sort of the easiest way. And then uh, like, you know, and, and you learn this in the, I think, I think I said this in my course in the integrative industry nutrition is that like the three things that people are really interested in are really what we call honey, money and health. Right. Mm. So it's like relationship. <laughs> so like people like to focus on, you know, the relationship area, which is in the far right hand corner, right. Of your room or your home. And so it doesn't mean that the bedroom has to be in your house in the far right-hand corner, but if it is, great. You know, uh, it could be in the far left-hand corner. It could be in other areas, but I think people get hung up on that too. It's just you want to make sure the room is balanced uh, using the bagua, and you know, there you're going to probably be more interested in balancing the relationship area, right? And then there are things you do for the relationship area. Um, mm. I hope that helps. You know, I'm it being does. very general. I'm trying to kind of cover it, but it's. A, I think it's a useful tool. And then I think sometimes uh, I do think it's my experience working with people. They get stuck because they try to make it all work in one yeah. space, and that's it's. It's really designed to say, you know, I want to enhance these area of my life. Or for instance, um, I've helped several women get pregnant. Believe it or not. You know, I feel like a little bit of a doula, <laughs> you know, they're children like they. And so what do we do in the children area of a room? And, you know, I've had, you know, somebody built this incredible altar in the children wow. area. Aww. And then there are certain guidelines and she got pregnant. Right? I've had a number, number of people, you know, so those are examples. But the other thing about children and creativity is create children are also our our artwork or our projects or our products, right? Like we, we give birth to things. So that's why children creativity area work together nicely where you're energizing that 
creativity areas. So when you look and say, well, what do we bring in here? Oh, I see the color there it could be white or light gray and the element is metal. Oh, I, that might be where I have, what I find very often is like, that's where people end up putting, for instance, their TV or their electronics, right? They have a, they have a, uh, you know, bookcase and, you know, or, you know, in an entertainment center that has all this stuff. It's like, I'm, I'm giving sort of just some ideas of sort of how you start thinking about how you use those things and translate them into your space. Mm, I love that. And that, what I'm hearing is that it's the, it's important to remember that there's these guidelines, but to also take some creative freedom with them. Because I feel like even if you have the opportunity to build the house from scratch, you're not, it's not going to be perfect or like what even is perfect. I think it's just more important to be creative and have fun with it. It sounds like yeah. rather than, you know, being yeah. perfect with yourself. Cause then that can create yeah. more blocks in itself. Yeah. Well, it, it's interesting you say that because I always say, if people are building, I mean, I've helped people and, you know, they'll be working with a, a architect or a designer, but they've had me come in and look at their overall design to make sure it's functionally balanced. So it's been very interesting. So I partnered with people who said, you know, I'm building something or uh, I helped somebody uh, sort of a series of things, sort of original house, did feng shui that she and her family ended up moving. And then they were looking at houses where they wanted to move from upstate New York to Pennsylvania. And they, um, she knew she was gonna wanna renovate the kitchen. So then, and so bring the, it's like there can be guidelines, right? It's like how to be creative but have guidelines. And that's mm -hmm. part of what I do. I work with people sort of bringing in and looking and saying, what's the best feng shui? And I always say the best time to do it is when you're building because, you know, from scratch, right? Like you can have your ideas and designs. And, and I'm going to tell you one funny story. This is aside because I did design um, a house and then the market crashed in 2008 and I never built it. I lost my construction loan, but I was working with an architect, a, a Yale. Uh, I loved him and I'd seen work he did and he was helping me, but he didn't believe in feng shui. And by the way, a lot of architects don't. And um, so I said, well, that's okay. I do. So, you know, as we work <laughs> together, I would just, I would say, you know, could you put the bathroom here? Cause this is the best place to put the bathroom. And he'd say, is that a feng shui thing? And I'd say, yeah, actually it is. And I only waited till he asked. Cause I wasn't, if he wasn't interested, I went. so I would explain to him the practicality he goes, well, that makes sense. I said, yeah. And then we're like, this is where we put the fireplace. Well, is that a feng shui thing? I said, yeah, <laughs> this is how we designed that. It was hilarious. It was hilarious. We had sort of a schematic and then we built it out. But, and he was like, Oh, it makes a lot of sense. I said, yeah, it's like when you understand the principles and you understand like there's a lot of very concrete things we do. And then there's a level where structurally you can't do anything. Then we might do what we call a, a, a cure that is might be considered transcendental, but it's like, it's like acupuncture. We're just going to adjust that area. Uh, uh, using, you know, some of our tools, but I do it. So it just looks like it's decoration, right? It mm. just looks like it's part of the design and decoration. It doesn't look like, oh, you hung a one chan. This, you must've done feng shui. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> I, that doesn't work for me. I mean, I'm very much about like, I use traditional uh, things, but it's like, it, it blends into the decor or it just fits 
the person's tastes, right? So very mm. much about working with people and their style. So I work with, and, and that's the other beauty of, I get to work with people, you know, in their homes and it's much more about what are they like, but I give them guidance. Like if you want to get a bed, you know, I just did something where somebody wanted in a little space, wanted a king size canopy bed. <laughs> okay. So we made it, but we made it work. But the big thing was, you know, the canopy was so high and there was this fan and I was like, so we had to figure that all out, but make it work. Right. And, mm. and it's, it's, she loves it. She loves it. It feels like a palace to her. So, um, so I work with people's taste and selection and, you know, if they need some guidance, I'm happy to give it, but I'm not, that's where I'm not a decorator. Like I don't come in and say, I'm going to tell you how to do all this. I work with them and find out what feels right for them. This doesn't feel right. What's their style, what they like, you know? Um, so I love that. I love that. <laughs> so I know resource wise, when it comes to tips on feng shui, the best is just to obviously get to work with you and that you work in the home, you do remote and also workplaces, um, which I think is so cool because that's just a whole nother thing of, you know, how can you be the most productive and it goes back to honey, money and wealth, <laughs> honey, right. money and health. <laughs> right. Honey, money and health. I love that. That's the priority, honey first. <laughs> yes, relationships yeah. first. Yeah, first. Um, <laughs> but do you have any other resources that you want to mention? I know you also talked a little bit about home yeah. reset. Yeah, so I have, so on my website, which is, you probably have in the notes, but it's kate-mckinnon, M-A-C-K-I-N-N-O-N.com. Um, and on there, I think it's the easiest and we could probably put in the notes, but um, I do have my easy feng shui nine tips, which I love, by the way. Um, and so um, that is available on online on my, my website. And I love it because it's, it, it's like a resource that, you know, people can use to sort of look at what are the key things they need to look at. And if they never see a Bagua, but they follow that, they will experience change. And I know that because people tell me they do, that it really, they've followed it and then they might want to explore further. Um, I, as I said, I do have, uh, it's called Home Reset. And I love it because, uh, as I said, I think we've taken things that can be very complex and made it accessible and fun. And so we focus on the entrance, the, um, the entrance, the kitchen, the bedroom, and the workspace. But then there are a lot of bonuses. So we have like a decor guide. So taking things like colors, what what might that look like in terms of colors, uh, elements? We talk about the elements. Um, the, the people are a lot of people are interested in numerology. Um, mm. We talk about numerology. Um, I'm thinking there's a bunch of other things, but plants, the feng shui plants. I mean, so we have a lot of uh, additional things but the core guide was really designed so that you can actually take what's taught there and apply it to your own home and you get to see the visuals of some you know some of the stuff I'm talking about it's helpful to see well if the doorway's here and your bed's over here you know or where your window's over here where's the best place for the bed things like right. that that's awesome which becomes specific to people's setup so that sometimes it's like people want guidelines and I can give some guidelines, but then it becomes specific to your space. And, and that's the beauty of feng shui. There, 
there's so many, there are very few, you know, unless you're in a development, there are very few homes that are really the same. Mm. And so what might be true over here in one place might not be true over here because of how the space is set up. So, um, but I, I, you know, I, it's, it's what I love. And then I'm trying to think what else I probably have more and I'm not I'll be very good at remembering. Uh, maybe you remember. That's okay. We can put it in the show notes, whatever. Okay. <laughs> but yes, I, I love, um, just getting to talk to you and hear about your experience because I feel like you have so many good insights and I love how feng shui can just really be applied to anything. Right. Yeah. Right. I think that's the beauty of it too. Yeah. Yeah. No, I appreciate that. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for joining me here today. I'm very excited to share this with everyone. Thank you, Emily. Thank you for having me. You know, I adore you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Well, that is it for now, lovelies. Thank you so much for tuning in. For more tips and to join our online community off the podcast, follow Lovely Digest on Instagram and Emily Beck on YouTube. The links will be below. To join our email community and get notified of new discounts, tips, and resources, follow the link in the show notes. If you thought this was helpful or know if it might help a friend, please make sure to share it. And if you feel inclined, leave a review. It helps get these tips in front of the people who may really benefit from this community we have here. See you next week. <laughs>